Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Indiana Sports Beat Radio, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Looks over the middle. Second guess fires. Throws. Does he make the catch in the end zone? Yes! Touchdown! Hold a to win. Another one! He got Another it. one! Bounces into Cody, puts it up, scores! Now, from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios, here's your host, Jim Coyle. Welcome in! Happy Monday! Hope uh, you had a happy Thanksgiving weekend. Jim Coyle with you as always. Charlie Miller on with us as well. Charlie, how are you, sir? How you doing, Jim? Doing well, man. I'm hoping you uh, had a good, good break, man. Yeah, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, man, uh, a lot of sleep, a lot of eat, and a lot of watching IU basketball. Man, that was that was pretty. That's pretty cool. I got some of that in there. I definitely the sleeping part. I loved every bit of every minute of it. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I the, the few days I didn't have to work, the two I, I slept a lot and loved it. Lots That's going good. on over the weekend, of course. Uh, sports does not take a holiday. There was, as Charlie said, plenty of basketball, plenty of football. Um, Indiana football, of course, losing to Purdue. But more importantly, Nick Sheridan fired his offensive coordinator. We'll get into that. The Colts lose to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay in a tight one. Indiana basketball goes to 6-0 and as they head to Syracuse tomorrow night. Lots of coaching changes in the college football. There's just all kinds of stuff going on right now, Charlie. It's a busy time of the year, man. It's a busy time. Uh, see, in college football, of course, there's changes all over the place. We'd seen a lot of changes leading up to this already. Indiana finally uh, joining that fray as Nick Sheridan was fired as offensive coordinator. It was not a shock there. That was expected, and as a matter of fact, I would be surprised if that's the only change. But right. in making that change, Tom Allen restructured his contract a little bit. So uh, he would he's giving up about $800,000 over the next few years. But yep. like I said before the show, he's no dummy. I mean, it's a lot better to give up $800,000 than to give up uh, $20 million over the well, next couple of years. So. That's exactly right. And I saw that. and uh, I didn't know the dollar amount. But that's a good trade-off that hopefully – you know, and I say this in a positive way, that can buy him some time, you know, so they can write, you know, get kind of get back right. So that's pretty impressive, to say the least, for, for that opportunity. Yep, and now the question is, who is going to be that guy? Who is Indiana going to look at? And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. But that's right now, it's just a guess. We can throw out all the names we want, the OC from Coastal Carolina or Western Kentucky or all these other places that have had success. Uh, yeah, we're probably all candidates. Um, right. Marshall, sure, you, you can throw them all in there. But Tom Allen and his 
whomever is, is going to have to vet that in the way that he wants to vet it. Uh, but the one thing is, Charlie, he's got to do this quickly because the the early signing period has moved up to December 15th. So we're less than right around just over two weeks away from that happening. Um, then you've got people like Josh Hoover, uh, the 6 yeah. quarterback from Texas coming in, who Nick Sheridan was his main uh, recruiter. Uh, but I'm sure that that conversation has been had. Um, but so there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes when stuff like this happens. Yes. And you said it, you know, that's the one thing you got to make sure you secure, especially when you have a standout recruit like Josh, you want to make sure communication is very clear and proactive. Uh, and I'm more to certain Josh as a, uh, a young man that understands that changes are necessary and are needed sometimes. So you hopefully it doesn't affect his decision. Um, you know, to still to still be at Indiana. So, uh, yeah, I totally understand that. It's probably going to, to be honest with you, work out in his favor. Um, if improve, improvement is indeed made, that that right. works out in his favor. Right. Um, and I think that uh, you go out and you find a guy who is um, just better at that particular job, and that is going to help Josh, and that is going to help the Indiana football team. So one hand washes the other. So – uh, but that's, of course, now, though, if you're in his position, you have to wait and see who that's going to be. And does that work out with what you're doing? Well, think about it. I mean, it worked out for the basketball players, right? I mean, in a sense, and you hope that that same type of template can carry over to the football side, right? I mean, with optimism. So that's just how I see it. Um, you know, it worked out okay. I'm not saying, you know, that this is a bad thing, but it seems to be working out that with the guys who are tweeting on the basketball team now, you know, hey, I'm glad I stuck with my decision, uh, not because of the winning, but because of the coaching ways to meet. And that's what you hope a player like a Josh and other players experience, you know, to get back to that fun place, that LEO place back on that football field. Yeah, this probably will not be the only change, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. It was not the only area that uh, had some serious deficiencies this year, but it's the first and foremost most important one that had to fall. Um, yeah, I hate to see that for anyone. Nick Sheridan's a nice guy, but uh, unfortunately, it's not about being nice. It's about winning, and uh, you're paid well to do that, and so they will move on and see who they can find to fill in that next spot, but uh, it's something, like I said, it's got to be done quickly. And that's that's the thing. Hopefully, Tom Allen saw this coming. He had a short list already and was kind of looking through that and watching as the season progressed. Not that you are hoping that someone's going to fail, but you have to have enough wherewithal, if you're the head guy, to see see the writing on the wall, so to speak. I'm more than certain. I mean, I feel it. I feel about a month ago, I think that first started. Um, I, I, that start, that you know, you don't you don't have casually stumble upon that kind of search, but you know, you have those deadlines. So I'm more than certain that search has, has started, and, and they've been communicating with several people, people who declined, people who are interested, people who have took a, take another job. So um, you, you would you would hope they've been proactive in this end stage. Uh, John, do you happen to have that Tom Allen clip from Purdue? Okay. Uh, he talked about it in somewhat that, that 
it has just been very disappointing. And he acknowledged the fact that it's just been a myriad of things offensively, play calling and, and of sorts. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but right. he kind of hinted at it. Uh, but it's, it's what, you know, the rest of us didn't already know uh, something we didn't already know, but uh, we'll see how that works out uh, on the basketball side. Charlie, Indiana, 6-0 and now, I think for only the second time in, in, a, in a decade as they knock off Marshall the other night in kind of a tough a tough game, but they kind of needed one. They needed somebody to really push them. Marshall, a team really athletic, couldn't shoot the ball worth a darn, but, man, they were getting loose underneath and just making life. Heck, Indiana kind of not locked in all the way, it seemed like, uh, defensively in the beginning, but Trace Jackson Davis, my gosh, you talk about a man going off setting a, a Simon Scott Assembly Hall record for with 43 points, 22 of those in the first half. They just could not stop the big man. Hey, he played phenomenal. I mean, you can't – I can't say enough. I mean, what he did, he was in the zone. He kept the crowd engaged. He kept the bench in case. He was communicating. Um, you know, and then what, what was impressive to me, what was impressive to me, Jim, is when Marshall went on that 13-plus-0 run, Xavier Johnson turned up his defense. He started picking up full court. That was a huge difference. And it just so happened to be at a time where you exposed Marshall. Marshall was a team, but you said it. They were all free. (laughs) I mean, drive to the basket, extend the dribble, and I think that kind of hurt them in that stretch where we actually came back. Yes, there was a good shot at the end of the half. Okay, I'm going to take that as an anomaly. But you fight back. Fight back. And you and you give you give us an opportunity to be back in that game. To me, that was monumental. Right? But overall, I mean, I, I love what I watched him. Uh, I, I did. I mean, it, it was it was. Great. Yeah, uh, watching Indiana fight because, like I said, they, they needed to have some fight even though yeah. – I don't think that they were still pushed uh, completely, but pushed enough right. to where it woke them up and said, hey, we've got to continue this. Uh, it was nice to see them run yeah. the offense through Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. I would like to have seen Indiana hit some more shots during that stretch, though, because Marshall was a team that begs you to shoot from the outside for most part because they can't hit. Uh, for one, their and their def- and their perimeter defense is not good as well. Uh, but Indiana didn't take advantage of that. They didn't really need to, but they were allowing Marshall to come right back defensively. That was the only disappointing aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. And I, and again, to me, I think you go to philosophy of uh, the D'Antonis, the way they play. I mean, it's, it's little dedication to defense. A lot of dedication to offense, and that was to me that was real obvious. That was real obvious. But I, I like this test, Jim, as we get ready for Syracuse, and um, you know I, I do. I like this test. I think that was good. Um, we're gonna need more people to step up to score the ball. It looks like right now for me, I think you have have always had Trace as an obvious, and I think Xavier stepping up. I would like to see one more person kind of step up consistently and be, you know, a 10, 12 plus score a night uh, uh, person. 
Miller Cop is is has been trying to do more yeah. of that of late. Um, I can't say that of Parker Stewart. He's still a little inconsistent for me. Right. Um, but man, when he comes, he, he he sure he can fire. He can hit those threes within back to back. We we've seen right. him do that so often. Um, that's why I think you want to see him more involved because when he does, it's like boom, boom. He just fires a couple of shots, bam. Um, but then he seems to disappear. And I think that's what that's what I'm seeing. I don't know, but what you said, I think that's kind of like the cat and mouse game right now with him, as far as the minutes. Even though he starts Parker Stewart, um, I think it's going. I feel it's going to really help against Syracuse, right? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't know their personnel. I'm not going to rant and rave too much about Jim Beheim's uh, defensive schemes as far as his zone, but we are showing some good signs of being able to make a play from inside to out as we did in Marshall's game. And as we did other games where guys were shooting what I would call practice shots, right? Wide open, uncontested shots. And that's what you want, right? You, you, you ride the shot clock as much as you can. You kick the ball out when guys are in position to do what they do best, catch and shoot. So you hope Parker Stewart and, and um, Emilio Coppa is ready to go. Cause I think that's, that can really help out, you know, trace and race you know, under the basket. Syracuse up tomorrow night as Indiana heads up to the Carrier Dome. Uh, kind of a tough place to play. You've got that uh, matchup zone that, that Syracuse has employed for uh, so long under Jim Beheim, Not playing quite as well as they – or not starting the season at least as they would like to have quite as well. But going to be dangerous. It's dangerous to play in the Carrier Dome. Well, you don't want this to be that get-right that get game, right? That get – you know, that game we talked about where – you know, all of a sudden you've been playing bad, and now you know you got this opponent who, who's on your level from a traditional standpoint. And all all the cylinders are hitting. We want to make sure we cut. first of all, it's the it's first road game, so more than certain they left. They're going to probably if they're not there already, they're leaving today. Um, second, you got to now get acclimated to the road game, right? The the the, the pre practice, pre game routine, all those things. So you hope that they're focused and ready and then take it directly to Syracuse, just like we've been doing at home. Yeah, I, Indiana will be should be leaving today. I think that's generally uh, yeah. uh, the Big Ten rule is you have to leave the day before. Now, yeah. looking at the, the ESPN matchup, it gives Syracuse a 65% chance of winning this game. Um, I think that's just home cooking, right? I, I, you know, I, I think that's more – because it's at home, and I think the verdict is still out on us from a national standpoint, I think this is going to be a game that put us back in that conversation of being a serious contender. I really do, and I think it's going to be a big confidence booster for the players as well. Yeah, it's going to be uh, exciting to see how this game plays out. Um, Buddy Bayham is uh, Syracuse's leading scorer at 20 points a game. Trace Jackson Davis does that for Indiana at 20 points a game. Uh, he's hitting 66% of his field goal attempts right now. And more importantly, he went seven of nine from the free throw line the other night. Did we lose him? May have lost him, but, uh, oh, that's right. It's time to go to break. Hey, we got Don Fisher coming up next. Lots more to talk about and get to Indiana sports beat radio coming to you here on this Monday. We're back with it. 
Brought to you by our good friends at Andy Moore Honda. If you're looking for a deal, nobody else has better deals than Andy Moore Honda in Bloomington. Get out there now. Zero dollars down. Zero percent APR financing on many models. We're back with more right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndieHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndieHomePros.com. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. TheHoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to TheHoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it in any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. This segment is brought to you by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. Welcome back. It is Monday. The great Don Fisher, the voice of the Hoosiers, with us now after a uh, busy weekend. Don, how are you? I am fine. How are you? Great. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, 
great. We went up to one of my boys' houses. Uh, he had all the siblings over and uh, saw all the grandkids and uh, had turkey and gravy and all the fattening stuff you could possibly eat. And uh, it was awesome. And then you got to go home and leave all that behind and not have to do any cleaning. <laughs> well, that's that's a big part of Thanksgiving these days. <laughs> Just go home uh, and tell everybody, bye, see ya. Yeah, prefers it like that. Well, she does because uh, Christmas is just the opposite. We have uh, my family, all my boys and uh, grandkids, and they they all come to the house on Christmas Eve. And the next day, all her family comes to our house. So uh, we have a pool tournament there. She's got like about, we have about 23 or 24, 25 people that come on Sunday or on Christmas Day. And the night before, it's like uh, a madhouse because all the grandkids are there. So uh, we have a good time, though. There's no question about it. My wife works her tail off, and thank God I got her because they would they'd be they'd be sitting out in the yard trying to do something <laughs> twenty degrees below zero, and I'd be going, "Enjoy yourselves." <laughs> you have to move the pool table outside. Absolutely. Uh, Indiana football, of course, came to an end over the weekend and the loss to Purdue. Uh, more importantly, Don, we've seen uh, action on the coaching staff as Tom Allen has let Nick Sheridan go. So now Indiana is looking for an offensive coordinator. Not a big shock, but uh, it's something that is, is happening now. And, and it's amidst of all these other coaching changes happening throughout college football. So it's not exactly an easy time. No, it's not. It'll be interesting to see uh, if Nick is the only head that rolls. Um, and, and in some ways, you, you look at it and you say, kind of a victim of circumstances, Nick Sheridan, because last year they were so good uh, and played so well. Uh, this year, it didn't happen at all through at any point during the season where this team was spectacular. Um, the Western Kentucky game would probably be the one that you would look at and say that was our best offensive performance uh, against a decent football team. They they were not a power five team by any stretch, but still a team that was uh, very challenging and very difficult to play against. And Indiana was able to win that ball game. But outside of those two ball games, I mean, the Idaho game, you know, um, you and I might have been able to suit up in that one and maybe giving them a tussle, but <laughs> probably not. But nevertheless, uh, it, it wasn't a very big challenge there. But when you don't win any of these games, and they were in a couple, Cincinnati and Michigan State, both were games that they could have won. And it would have turned their season around, I think. But they just couldn't get over the hump. Too many mistakes made. Um The, the number of times that they gave football games away this year in the sense of, of – competing, uh, not competing, but just they never realized their potential, uh, the expectations that we had for them, um, and that's potential, and that just means you haven't proven anything. But at the same time, uh, nothing seemed to go right for this ball club. And the injuries piled up toward the end of the season. That was a factor. Uh, There were so many negatives this year. But I, I just think Tom has got to evaluate everything. He said he was going to do that. I think he will. Um, whether or not that calls for other changes in the staff or uh, how they go about recruiting a different type of player, I don't know. I know that they've got a great, supposedly a great recruiting class coming in next year, Um, maybe the highest regarded recruiting class that they've ever had at Indiana. We've heard that before. Um, And I'm not saying that it won't be, 
But the question is, will all those guys now come because of the disappointment of this year and how things look, you know, how, how things are going to be handled? Um, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I think Tom's got a huge job on his hands in this offseason to recreate what he built up here in the last four or five years. Yeah, and and you know his his uh, expertise has been on the defensive side, so not to say that that hurts him, but uh, not being an offensively minded coach, it probably uh, maybe puts him behind the eight ball a little bit more so than than uh, someone who would be because that's not something or a side of the ball he he uh, feasts on. But uh, he sure hit it right with Kalen DeBoer, and it's not that you can't do that again because there's so many talents out there now whether it's a uh we've seen names from uh, western kentucky or, or coastal carolina or all those different places where there's a lot of guys out there but it's just finding the one and of course finding as tom allen always says finding the right fit exactly and and like i said before i, I think this is going to be a critical hire i don't think the offensive coordinator can be anything but a critical hire for tom um and I think there's there's reason to, to to say you could pretty much get who you want in regard to that simply because they know that Tom Allen's a defensive guy. Somebody whoever comes in here is going to take over the offense, and they're going to be able to do build that offense the way they want to because they're going to Tom's going to rely on whoever it is to to make the decisions in regard to offensive play and how they're going about their business in this league. So uh, so it's an attractive job in that way. And, and obviously, Indiana's paying a lot more money these days for their coordinators and for their assistant coaches than they have in the past. So that's a plus as well in regard to whoever would take the job. So we'll just we'll have to wait and see, like I said before, whether that's the only change that this uh, coaching staff is going to have or not. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not so sure that they don't need to make another change or two, but we'll just have to, like I said, wait and see. Absolutely. Uh, other things on the horizon for you. You head off to Syracuse. Pro- I'm assuming that'll be today. That uh, yeah. since that game is tomorrow yeah. uh, with the Big Ten rules. So back at it for you. But at least you can start your focus back to one sport at least now in basketball. And the Hoosiers off to a great start at six and zero. Oh. I think Don, this is only the second time in like a decade they've been five or six and zero oh at this juncture. Um, the toughest test of the season for them as they head off on the road to the Carrier Dome to take on a, a, a team in Syracuse in that matchup zone of Jim Beheim's. Well, it, it will be an interesting matchup to say the least. Uh, Syracuse is three and three on the year. They struggled a little bit down in the Bahamas. They lost two ball games down there. Uh, they got beat by Colgate earlier in the season. They're a team that has the same kind of length that we've seen out of Syracuse in the past for that zone defense that they play, but they're not playing that defense based on what we read in the papers uh, as strongly as they have in the past uh, because they've given up a lot of points to just about everybody that they played against at this point. So uh, even though they're a three and three ball club, though, uh, Indiana has yet to play on the road this year, so they haven't handled uh, that atmosphere when they're away from the energy that Indiana crowd brings to the table. Uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting test for this Indiana basketball team. And um, Syracuse is very capable of putting a bunch of points on the scoreboard. I don't think they're a real deep team at this point, uh, based on what I've seen from their box scores. Uh, he, he tends to play only eight or nine guys, and the guys that come off the bench don't play very many minutes. 
So he plays his starters a lot. Two of his boys play for him, Jim Beheim's boys, Buddy and Jimmy. They both play for, for Coach Beheim. Um, interesting scenario this in, in this matchup. And, um, again, I think it's a crucial ball game for this Indiana basketball team because you've got to be able to play on the road just like you do at home. Uh, we'll find out just where they're at in that regard. Yeah, it is going to be interesting because not only does Beheim, they both start. Uh, so they're both starters on that team. Uh, they, they're three and three right now, so they have not, uh, lit it up like normally, but that doesn't mean a whole lot because we've seen a lot of these teams just get things going until you get, uh, Indiana has come together. It's a little sooner than I think a lot of people expected. Although Marshall gave them a nice test. Uh, what an athletic team Marshall was. Indiana just couldn't put them away. And even though I've got to talk about the, uh, how about the performance of Trace Jackson Davis? 43 points, Assembly Hall record. Uh, you, you were there the last time that record was set with um, Steve, Steve Alford. Yep. And that came with him shooting three-pointers. So we got to point out that Trace Jackson Davis did it. With, <laughs> he might have had one three-pointer, but that was the old-fashioned right. way. Yep, 18 twos in the ballgame. So uh, he did a phenomenal job in that contest. He also shot free throws well, which was a plus because he hasn't done that very well this year. That's about the only thing he hasn't done well. He had five block shots in this game. Last year, he had 18 block shots all season long. Now he's got, I think, 22 or 23 block shots, and we're only six games into the season. That tells you exactly why Trace Jackson Davis has changed, because he is playing both ends of the floor. He is playing extremely hard for forty for, for however long he's in the game, uh, which is 32, 33, 34 minutes sometimes. Uh, this guy has been such a plus for this basketball team. And he you got to think about it. He's been the leader of this top ball club scoring-wise and those kinds of things for the last two years. And now he's a totally different player in the sense of how hard he plays. So what a find he has been uh, for Mike Woodson here. And what Mike has done to motivate him to play like he's playing at this juncture, it's just special in that regard. Well, I think this has worked out for both of them, obviously. Mike Woodson needed Trace Jackson Davis to come back because without him, obviously, Indiana would be a very, very different team. But Trace Jackson Davis needed Mike Davis. He didn't have this in his game like you talked about. He's become a a dog, as as the, the guys like to say. He is looking to score, looking to get to the basket, looking to block, looking to do the things that he needs to do the whole time he's on the floor. And more importantly, he seems like he's looking to be a leader for this team. Right, exactly. Um, there's no doubt that he is the leader of this ball club. Uh, he's the guy that the, all these guys look up to. Uh, and his performance in this last ball game just, you know, it just puts a stamp on that thinking process. There's no question about it because they were looking, his teammates were looking for him in this ball game. They were trying because here's the other thing. Marshall didn't really double team. And now I, I think that was a mistake on Shocking. their part. Shocking. Yes. <laughs> you would sit there and go, why aren't you double teaming more or at least digging down every time he touches the ball. But they, they were not doing that very much at all. So um, it was an opportunity for trace to just go off. And he did. Uh, I think the other guy that that has stepped up and become a major factor on this team is Xavier Johnson uh, at the point guard position. Without finishing the last three ball games, uh, he's played a lot more minutes. He's not gotten into foul trouble as he did did earlier. That's a plus. 
Uh, Christian Lander's gotten more playing time. I think he's kind of, I don't think he's been quite as good here in the last game or two as he was uh, earlier on this season. But again, he's a learner. He's one of those guys that's learning the position, learning what Mike Woodson wants from a point guard. Um, the, the turnovers are still bugging me a little bit. They're getting, there's too many of those. Uh, but it's not just Lander or anybody else that's doing it. It's a combination of guys that, that are trying to make plays at this point. So they're still in that process of learning one another, learning what works, what doesn't. Um, I just think we're seeing a really good Indiana basketball team um, not, not even get close to their potential yet but still doing a lot of really good things. Parker Stewart started to shoot shots. Uh, Miller Cop's gotten better here the last few ball games with his scoring. Um, and we've got guys that come off the bench and do a pretty good job in that vein. Although I didn't, I didn't think the, the starters or the uh, reserves in the game against Marshall were anywhere near what they had been previously. No, they have not. And the only one that I give some props to is Tamar Bates, who, uh, continues to come on. He's he's becoming that uh, man. He's that guy off the bench that it's like bringing another starter in now because actually he's the fifth highest scorer on the team right now, uh, right. seven points per game. But uh, bringing that force in and and I think he seems to relish in that. He seems to man when he comes in, he brings a lot of energy. Yeah, there's no question. Tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a real special player at Indiana. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and, and you've got to have, if you, if you've got a freshman that can step in right away and do some of the things that he's doing, uh, it's just a huge plus for this basketball team. And I think he's the guy at this point that can do that. Uh, at the same time, I hope that they can get Finnessy back here shortly with whatever his issue is, because he, he brings a defensive presence that you have with nobody else on that roster. Uh, he can flat out guard people. He's not shooting the ball worth a nickel at this point. Uh, hopefully he gets better at that. Uh, and the one thing I know about Mike Woodson, he'll try to build that confidence in this guy as well. Absolutely. Adds a little more depth too. Uh, we'll let you go. So you can not make sure you don't miss that flight today. Trust uh, me. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, so since you guys have to fly out today, no uh, Coach Woodson show tonight, I'm assuming, correct? No, no, no show tonight. Um, we've got this scenario taking place about once a month where we don't do a show on a Monday because of travel issues, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the month of December, we've got a show on every Monday uh, during the month of December. So I think coming up, we won't have a break for a while. Other than that, make sure you tune in and listen to The Fish tomorrow night as Indiana travels to take on Syracuse at 7 o'clock. Don, I cannot thank you enough, man. It's the highlight of our week. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it, man. See you soon. You bet. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joining us here on Indiana Sports Beat Radio, talking about uh, Indiana as they head up to Syracuse tomorrow and wrapping up uh, the football season. Well, it's not really wrapping up. We've got other things to talk about now as the offensive coordinator position has been opened up uh, and like Don said, not sure that's the last one that's going to fall, but it's one that had to fall quickly. Uh, that statement had to be made uh, for Indiana. The other things, I think, are ancillary. Not that they're not important, but this the OC is, well, as Tom Allen calls it, it's the head coach of the offense for him, at least. Uh, and so he's got to get out there and get somebody quickly because with all these coaching changes, these guys are looking for, for new staffs as well, and they want to win. So they, too, unless they have someone, they're looking around at 
Coastal Carolina and the success they've had, at Cincinnati and the success they've had, at Bowling or at uh, Western Kentucky and the success they've had, at those offensive coordinators. You know, a name that was mentioned that just really cracks me up, uh, and I can't remember his name. I'm going to have to actually try to pull it up, but it's Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator at Fresno State. You know, I was actually, I didn't know who his offensive <laughs> coordinator was, but back in my mind, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if you could poach Kalen DeBoer's OC from Fresno State, since obviously that's not a power five job. Well, see, now here's the one thing, a caveat about that is that does not come with Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how much of that offense is Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, that's a good the, question. Because uh, those guys that that are are like that, they usually Ryan Day, um, Lincoln Riley. Uh, speaking of Lincoln Riley, how about that? Leaving Oklahoma and headed to USC. To yeah, USC. Let's talk about it on the um, other side. We'll do that. We're back with more Indiana Sports Speed Radio right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. The Pro and College football seasons are in the second half of the college basketball season is underway, which means plenty of sports every night, and you can never miss your favorite team playing at Leroy's Tavern with multiple games on throughout the barn. Enjoy $1 Bush Light drafts every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Plus, Leroy's offers daily lunch specials for just $5 starting at 10 a.m. Leroy's also has a full-size family room for all ages. Get the best seat in the house for every game and enjoy great food all season long at Leroy's Tavern, 2659 Mount Vernon Avenue. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. You've always been there for me. You helped me count pennies from my piggy bank. You helped me pick out my first car and helped me buy my dream home. And I know you'll continue to be there for whatever my future holds because you're my BFF, banking friends forever. Right now, get free checking with online banking and all the products of big city banks with hometown service. With First Federal, you can do that. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. 
Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. This segment is brought to you by Remax Advanced Realty, Indie Home Pros team by Cheryl Sizemore. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Welcome back. It is Monday. Indiana Sports Beat Radio coming to you here as we do each and every week. Jim Coyle with you. Just finished up with the great Don Fisher. Charlie Miller was with us earlier. Indiana travels to Syracuse tomorrow night. On the basketball side, on the football side, they are looking for an offensive coordinator. We'll talk about, uh, we'll be talking about names, of course, but we can throw out all the names we want. They're they're not going to be loose with those names, I assure you. There are plenty out there that we can go through. But one that I really like, I don't know how tough it would be to get him, is Ryan Grubb. He's Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator at Fresno State. But he's been with Kalen DeBoer since his days at South Dakota State. He went to school there. Um, But he has also coached virtually every position. He was a, he started out as C. He was a running back wide receiver at, is that Buena Vista? Then I guess he didn't play in college. He went to uh, South Dakota State. But anyway, he was offensive coordinator in high school for a year. Then he went to South Dakota State and coached running backs. Then he coached wide receivers. Then he coached the offensive line and was the run game coordinator. Then he was the offensive coordinator. This is at Sioux Falls and the quarterback's coach. Then he was at Eastern Michigan as the offensive line coach. Then at Fresno State, he's been the offensive line run game coordinator. He was then the offensive coordinator, associate head coach, and offensive line coach. And currently, offensive coordinator, associate head coach, the quarterback's coach. A lot to like there. That's experience across the board. And... That's a lot of experience under a guy that we know has been uber successful. I'm not saying he's the only guy. I'm just that that's that's a name, and there's things to look at, but there's reasons why you look at it. I don't care about Indiana connections and all that stuff. I'm just looking at all the stuff that I just gave you. That information. I when they hired Kalen DeBoer, I was like, yep, that's a winner. This dude has done nothing but win everywhere he's he's been, and it didn't matter to me what level it was on. What Every time he moved up, he won, and he won big. You see that with those guys, Mike Leach and the Lincoln Rileys and those guys like that. So I, I think Ryan Grubb would be a great get. He would certainly jump at the opportunity to move to the 
Big Ten. I'm pretty certain about that. Because being an offensive coordinator of the Big Ten is a, is a head coach job maker. Look at Caleb DeBoer. Look at uh, Mr. Womack, Kane Womack. One other wrinkle to the uh, Kalen DeBoer-Ryan Grubb situation is that a lot of people think that Kalen DeBoer is going to be up for the Washington head coaching job. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets that job or goes for that job that he brings Ryan Grubb along. And then at that point, you kind of have a lateral Or, move. more importantly, Ryan Grubb would stay at Fresno State and possibly become their head coach. And that's not necessarily out of the question either. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, so who knows. Kalen DeBoer is not going to be at Fresno State long. I, I would be sure, I, I, yeah, I would be shocked with all the coaching turmoil going on right now. If somebody does not grab Kalen DeBoer, uh, they're not paying attention. This dude's a winner. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's just a he's just a winner. He's going to be a winner. I, I love what he does. I just love what he does. Uh, there's a lot of other coaches out there. A lot of other uh, names that we we can look at. Um, I had it. I got too many uh, too many windows open. I had all the possibilities of the ones that I was thinking about. But I lost it. I One of the popular names, you, you, you haven't mentioned his name, but you mentioned the team, Western Kentucky's Zach Kitley. A lot of people yeah, think I he's could at not the top of the wish name. list. Um, all right, it's kind of Tim Cramsey, offensive coordinator at Marshall. Speaking of Marshall, Indiana played them in basketball, obviously. But uh, Marshall coming off a, a good year. Um, he's been there for a while. He's been there under two different coaches, which that's kind of – Ironic, different. Usually when you have a new coach comes in, maybe one time they'll retain you, not twice. But uh, Tim Cramsey at offensive uh, at uh, Marshall, they, they've had two years where his teams have scored over 40 points a games prior. They run a balanced uh, pass-run offense. Zach Kitley, that's who you were talking about at Western Kentucky. They've broken records at Western Kentucky's offense, which is saying something considering that Bobby Petrino and then Jeff Brom were at Western Kentucky. So if you're breaking records after those guys were there, you're getting something accomplished. Um, so there's name, there are names out there, and these and these all of these guys that we're talking about are having success. And I promise you will jump at the chance to move to the Big Ten. Frank Ponce, uh App State offensive coordinator. He's a first year offensive coordinator, so uh I, I Unless there was something really extenuating, I'm not hiring a first-year offensive coordinator. Uh, Even though their offense averaged 450 yards and 36 points a game, I I don't care. One year is not generally enough, If you, depending on what his previous situation was. Willie Korn, your guy at Coastal Carolina, (laughs) had a lot of success down there. Yeah, good old um, Willie Quinn. I think he's actually the co-offensive coordinator. There's somebody else who runs the offense down there as well. That's the other reason I don't know that he's maybe kind it's of the, the head coach. Want. Yeah, that's true. It could be a situation like um, that where you just kind of call your OC your coach because OC. their head coach is a very offensive-minded coach. So a lot of people wonder how much he's involved there. Uh, let's see, Texas San Antonio ranked. They're they're in the top 15. I can't believe that. Uh, but Barry Lummy, Lunny Jr. He's uh, had a couple of strong years down there. His strange, see, he's got the strangest resume. 
He was a college offensive coordinator, then became a high school offensive coordinator for eight years, then a college position coach, then a college offensive coordinator. Um, what was his first stop at before he went back to high school? Uh, that's I'd have to look him up. Oh, okay, I thought but I was showing. He he was uh, he was Arkansas's head coach for two games. <laughs> so. Hey, another dark horse candidate that everybody loves to bring up every single time Indiana's OC position comes up is good old Matt Canada, currently with the Pittsburgh That's not Steelers. a dark, that is not, that is in no way a dark horse candidate. And why that, is that? That is a not even, because why in the hell would he leave the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers well, here's offensive the thing. quarter position to go to Indiana as the offensive coordinator? That is a gigantic step down. Now, on his own accord, I don't think that he would, but a lot of people especially within the Pittsburgh camp, and you can even ask Mike DeCourcy this, I bet, are not happy with Matt Canada right now at, at Pittsburgh. Well, that, yeah, that, that may not be false because whenever you're not winning, that uh, seems to to be the case. But he's not leaving. I don't see him leaving for an offensive coordinator. He's already, no. The only way he that he, and I think Indiana. this happened last time Indiana was searching for an OC during the Kalen DeBoer search. Because uh, Dustin and I talked about this on the podcast. I think but, he turned the position down. Well, he he asked, he wanted to have complete control over his entire staff. And Tom Allen didn't want to get rid of those guys. That's right. So if Matt and, Canada were to actually get off of that position, you you would see a whole lot of turnover on the entire staff completely. But you're not going to see that. Uh, again, Tom Allen's not giving up that control. But that maybe that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of the problem. If if you're if you've come out and said, "Hey, I, I'm not an offensive guy. I need an offensive head coach," which is what he has said, then you've got to let the offensive head coach hire his offensive people. But at this point, I, with I Tom Allen's back against the wall, I'm not saying it's going to be his first choice, but maybe it's something that he genuinely considers this time around. Even I mean, maybe Matt Canada's not interested in the slightest this time. Who knows? But and that's why. You may not hear of other, or there there may be some departures, but I don't think those other hires are going to happen until the OC is done because he's going to be probably involved in that. Yeah, I mean, um, I absolutely think I would imagine. The only one that wouldn't surprise me if they're gone ahead of time is Darren Hiller. But at the same time, maybe, maybe you still just wait and see what, what the new OC wants to do with everybody. Who knows? Eric Idness, Northern Illinois. Uh, keep an eye on that name. He's an up-and-comer. Done wonders over there. Uh, Anthony Tucker, Utah State offensive coordinator. There, there's just Liberty offense. There's just lots of names out there. You've got to find. You've got to find the right one. Uh, Tim's asking, can they pay 1.1 million for Alabama OC Bill O'Brien? No. Uh, but you know what? If he wins, if if it's somebody that you knew was going to come in and win for three years, hell yes, it would be worth that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Alabama's offensive coordinators, they go there to be rehabilitated because they have failed elsewhere, and then they go get head coaching jobs somewhere else. And they, they yes, they are not leaving. You don't, you're not leaving – 
an Alabama as an OC and going to an Indiana. I mean, that's like – There's no way that Indiana could ever outmatch pay with Alabama anyway. So, Well, who even suggested that? I don't know. Whoever you pulled up for the comments. Oh, is that what that said? Yeah. Oh, yes. No. No. And that's why name that strength- Justin likes and wants to return to the Big Ten is old uh, Joey Moorhead. I believe he's out there at Oregon right now. Uh, you know what? There was another one, I think, that is at UCLA that yes. is a former And he's Indiana also the line coach there. He's the OC and player. the line coach. So that kills two birds with one stone right there. You can go ahead and say goodbye to Darren Hiller if you pull that guy out of UCLA. Any of the former uh, Indiana player? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I lost... Uh... I lost the um the Keegan chimes in. He actually he sends me he says uh Joey Moorhead is rumored to be one of the favorites for the Akron head coaching job, along with Kevin Wilson, who uh somebody mentioned earlier too, which would be interesting. See, then Kevin Wilson would have to go back to work, but he would be up in the mountains away from everyone a lot of people where they can see his antics, which I'm sure he would like. Um I feel like Kevin Wilson and people will disagree probably, could get a better job than Akron if he wanted it. Well, sure, of course. Uh, Five Lefts asked, do do I think that Tom should consider a guy from the pro ranks? He should consider any and everybody. Any and everyone. But again, once you get to the NFL, unless it's in a low-level position, you're generally not looking to go back to college. I think the DeLon McCullough situation was kind of different. And... The reason his name has not been mentioned, he has not been a coordinator. And to my knowledge, Tom Allen will not hire a coordinator that has not previously had experience doing that. So um, there's that. So you got that situation going on. But regardless, um, and like I said, I'm not wanting to beat a drum, but two years ago, This was, to me, an easy thing to see. These are the mistakes that that Tom Allen has to stop making. This was clear as as anything to me two years ago that this was a bad hire. I said so on this very show for multiple reasons, for the very reasons he's being let go. He was a a Mike DeBoard protege. He just didn't show me anything. He's too mild-mannered. It's just... Uh, just because you're in the position does not mean you deserve to move up. It was just so many. And Indiana, that position at Indiana two years ago was red hot, could have had anybody. Now can you have anybody? Nah, but you can go get a lot of guys. You've got money to do that. So is it break time, John? All right, we'll do that. We got more to talk about. We'll, uh, we'll preview the uh, Indiana-Syracuse game a little bit when we come back. And what else has gone on in college basketball, football? What else is happening in the coaching carousel? You're listening to Indiana Sports Beat Radio, brought to you by our great friends at Southern Stone Restaurant. No coaches show there tonight, but you can still go out and have a, a nice dinner. Located at the corner of Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Great meal. We're back with more Indiana Sports Beat Radio right after this. 
We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door with andymorehonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. TheHoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to TheHoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Hello everybody, Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Speed. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area, or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. This segment is brought to you by Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyne. Presented by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Welcome back. It is Monday. Unfortunately, that's the one thing I can't change, but... That brings Tuesday and uh, Indiana basketball. Talk a little bit about the uh, search for Indiana's offensive coordinator, how that will happen. Zach Kitley, I really like him. He's currently at Western Kentucky. Um, Worked with Patrick Mahomes 
uh, when he was at Texas Tech. Um, he's one of the great young minds in the game. He helped coach. Uh, not only did he help coach the NFL MVP and Super Bowl champion Mahomes for three years at Texas Tech. Uh, he most recently turned Houston Baptist into the most one of the most prolific passing offenses in college football. Um, and a bridge 2020 season. Let's see. In four games, the senior quarterback at, at Houston Baptist completed 141 of 215 passes, 66 percent for 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns with one interception. That was four games. So, yeah, he he likes to do that. Um, and that's that's the kind of someone like that. I'm not saying necessarily it's got to be him, but it's going to have to be someone like that that has had this. This is a Kalen DeBoer type, um, a guy who has success under him with the people under him, a proven track record. Not, not a protege of somebody, and not that, not that the, the grub um, um, out of Fresno is not a worthy candidate. That's a different situation, I think. But I wonder, it does. I do wonder how much Kalen DeBoer is involved in that offense. Um, so that would be my hesitation there, and in the fact that I don't think Kalen DeBoer is long for a, a different job, like like you said, John. Um, Keegan Nickerson is, is there, wake him up. Keegan was up at the West Lafayette over the weekend for the Hoosier.com. It couldn't have been, what was the, what was the, the environment like up there? Well, for Purdue, it was awesome because they were extremely happy the whole game. Um, senior, senior night, senior day. Pack stadium. It was a very packed stadium, given the cold temperatures, the gloomy gray day. It was there was a lot of people there. So, uh, for Indiana, obviously a huge disappointment. But early on, they they seemed to be competitive, but uh, they just could not, and with expectations, just could not hold off the Jeff Brom offense that is rolling along, and uh, Indiana's offense. After the a, a, a nice drive early on with, um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Push for him to start, Grant Gremmel. Um, that Purdue makes the adjustments and then that disappeared. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a broken record. It looked like they were going to contend, and then they got punched in the face. They got knocked down, and then they just couldn't get back up. And I think the one thing that really shifted the momentum was the pick six getting called back because that was going to be. A huge blow to Purdue, and then, you know, it's incidental contact on Raheem Lane, and it gets called back, and then right from there, they just kind of forded over second half. Uh, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Purdue is moving the ball at will, and you can see final score 44 to 7 still. Yeah, unfortunately, and next we move on, like I said, to uh, the offensive coordinator hire. I, this is something that has to happen quickly for Indiana. You hate coaching. I hate when coaching hires have to happen quickly, but this is one that does because of uh, early signing period coming up because of uh, the transfer portal. We've seen already seen Jacoby Hewitt, the receiver hit the portal and a couple other names, but 
in order to make sure not only do you keep names from hitting the portal, you're going to have to gather some names in. And there's going to have to be a reason for them to come to Indiana and going out and getting a guy and showing you're committed to jacking this offense up is the only thing that's going to do that. Yeah, I think Coach Allen mentioned it in his post-game press conference. He said there's a contact period where they're in homes that is extremely important to kind of setting up the foundation of a program. And he said that it has to happen quickly. Um, Zach Kitley has been mentioned for West Kentucky. I mean, if you look what he's done with Bailey Zapp, like you mentioned, he's turned into kind of a you know pro-style quarterback who has a chance to get drafted after coming from Houston Baptist. You, you don't really hear names coming from there. Um, but he put on a good showing against Indiana earlier this season and gave West Kentucky a really good chance to win down to the wire. But I agree, it has to happen quickly. And I think it's got to be a young, innovative guy who's going to use the whole playbook. Um, but I think if Indiana's offensive line can't really improve or if Hilliard keeps on struggling with the offensive line, I'm, I don't really know if it makes a difference because you're not going to be able to control the game. And like Coach Allen says, every week at his press conference, it starts up front. So, Well, Indiana is going to have to hit the portal for offensive yeah. linemen, no question. And I, I think that I'm going to be shocked. Uh, not that I want to see anybody lose a job, but I'm going to be shocked if Darren Hill is still here next year with the poor performance of the offensive line after having virtually everybody back and – they did not, they weren't decimated by injuries. So not sure what the issue was there. Um, but I, I'm going to be surprised if there's not a, at least maybe two more changes. Um, yeah. We could see uh, an offensive, um, the offensive line coach and potentially the receivers coach. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. A little bit of clearing house here for Indiana. But um Again, I think that's going to depend on who the OC is. Uh, you don't. One thing you don't want to do is go out and hire assistants and say, hey, here's your assistant, unless they were somebody that was already here. But you had that situation, John brought that up earlier, with Matt Canada saying that when he wanted to come in, hey, I want to hire my own guys, which is – and Tom Allen says no, which is kind of amazing to me because Tom Allen has already said, hey, I'm not an offensive guy. I need an offensive head coach. But you can't hire your own guys. That doesn't make sense to me. If he's going to. He's off. Uh, he's good. You've got to give him control and there's got to be cohesion because if you're going to put him in charge and then you're going to support him with people with stuff that you want to do as head coach, as a defensive minded guy, then there's not going to be cohesion. So I think it's important for him to kind of release control, but he does kind of strike me as someone who's loyal to the guy guys he has now and someone who's maybe stubborn with kind of control of the program. So. Well, and he was loyal to to Darren Hiller, and he was loyal to Nick Sheridan and all that, and, and you can see where, where that got him. Uh, yeah. Forrest mentions the only problem about Houston Baptist is they don't play in the Big Ten. It boils down to talent. That's not true. Uh, talent is important, but I promise yeah. you, if you don't have the coaching, I don't care the talent you have. Look at Indiana. Same talent from last year on the offensive line. Look at Indiana's offense. Sell all these guys back. Kalen DeBoer came from a a, a lower level South Dakota State. And although that, that wasn't the Big Ten either. But 
boom, you can see, you can see success and yeah. success is success. And when you're successful at every level and you continue to move, that's, that's all I need to see. And, and when those guys are just successful everywhere, that, that makes a mark to me. Um, yeah. See, Ross made a comment, says uh, he saw a tweet that Hiller is out on the road recruiting. Well, if he doesn't have a, if he hasn't been fired, that's where, of course, he's paid to do that. Um, yeah. That's the same thing that Mark Stoops of Kentucky said when asked about the potential of him being at LSU. He says, hey, man, I, I'm going to be out on the road in three different states mo- Monday recruiting for Kentucky, Tuesday and Wednesday, which he's telling the truth. But what he's also is not saying is that I'm not interested in LSU. This is what I'm going to be doing now. Well, mm-hmm. this is his job now. What else would he expect be expected to do? Um, you've got to get out there and recruit those guys. But like I said, I, I'm going to be surprised if Hiller comes back. I mean, it was just a horrific performance with the same amount of guys, at least with Sheridan. You can give him some breaks and say, hey, uh, well, the guys were hurt, although I, I'm not giving that break because – I'll be honest with you, and I've said this. Nick Sheridan, I I don't think, had the wherewithal to go up against Tom Allen and say, no, this is what we need to do. Uh, I I think the decision on Michael Penix was set in stone that he's the guy, the guy after the season that he had, and it didn't matter what was going on uh, in practice. Um, They made too many preconceived decisions, and it wasn't borne out, and then it wasn't worked out, and then it wasn't coached out. And I think that that's why this offense has continued to just plummet. Um, I think Nick Sheridan just kept the auto, the cruise control on and thought yeah. that that would carry over from Kalen DeBoer. And it, it may, might have done that in a COVID year, but in a real year, crashed and burned. Um, yeah. So there's that. John, where are we on a break time, man? I'm so off on these new times. Oh, good. We're great. So that's that's the situation there. And Tom Allen is, is a guy that, that is a loyal person, like I said. But uh, now as the Indiana, Indiana football coach, he's making $4.9 million, not $1.8 million. Gigantic difference. Indiana is making a huge investment in football. The, the coordinators are now making, you know, over half a million dollars. Tom Allen was making $1.8 million just a couple of years ago. Um, and so the off, the coordinator salaries have probably doubled. They're not – Scott Dolson is serious about athletics at Indiana, period, not just basketball. He's going to be serious about football. Now, Tom Allen is in no danger right now. But he has to make the right moves, and I promise you Scott Dolson is paying attention because he's not going to – Scott Dolson is not going to be a, an AD of yesteryear where basketball, if basketball is good, all is good. No, there's too much money to be made in the Big Ten yeah. in football. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I, your friend Zach Osterman, who we work closely with with the football team, he put out an article that said – you know, this next hire is going to be kind of the most important choice that Tom Allen makes, and it could kind of tell the story of the rest of his tenure here at Indiana. But I think there's 
a defensive emphasis that is put on Allen, and it's clear. But I think out of all things, he's a motivator, and he's a guy that's going to try to get his guys pumped up for the game. So, because, I mean, I would see him out there before Rutgers, before Minnesota, when they only had two wins, slapping guys in the butt, just screaming, pumped up and everything. But, you know, I also think that one one loss this year that kind of made an impact on the season that isn't being talked about a lot is DJ Matthews. Because I think he brought a completely different and more explosive element to the offense that Brian Fogle didn't. Miles Marshall couldn't and Hendershot couldn't where he could stretch the field. So when he went down against Preston Kentucky, you can kind of think of how the offense rolled from that moment on. It was non-existent. So I think getting him back healthy next year is going to be important. I I don't disagree with you. Unfortunately, I don't know that it would have mattered that much because of the offensive line and quarterback situation, both of those which were just not good. Um, Yeah. And that's part of the reason why Nick Sheridan's not here. Why they didn't immediately go to a, a too tight end, kind of a, a more compact offense a long time ago, beyond me. Yeah. Beyond me. It's like, they, it's like they're just going to keep beating their head against the wall, which I'm like, what in the hell is wrong? Which everyone was thinking that. But yeah. um, Tom Allen – and I love Tom Allen to death and what he has done is it cannot be overstated, but I think that Tom needs to be more focused on being a, the head coach and try to temper his enthusiasm. Um, because I think that his enthusiasm allows him to get taken out of the mental aspect of being the head coach all the time the other day yeah. against Purdue. Uh, I think we saw some poor clock management again. That, that, uh, that this is the same thing that happened in the Gator bowl, poor clock management, poor game management. We, we've seen this over and over, but I think it's because instead of being locked in on the next play or the next, next three plays, it's being excited about what happened on the last play and do that after the game. Let the fans do that. Stay locked in. I promise you. And I, I'm not trying to, but like you think of someone like Nick Sheridan, I mean, Nick Sheridan, um, um, gee whiz. There's another Nick, but down at Alabama, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Yeah. Watch, watch him on the sideline. You know, he's always, He's just always thinking. You could just tell the wheels are turning. Looking ahead, what what what's this this? He's sitting here planning, and that's where Tom Allen has got to get himself to, in my opinion. Planning. Next step. Look at the look at the clock. Be two or three plays ahead, and yeah. they're not there. They're they're still reacting, reacting, reacting instead of being proactive and. Indiana has got to become a proactive offense. Um, and it just hasn't been that way. And uh, I think you have a very, in, had a very inexperienced OC and Nick Sheridan who just did not have that capability, but you had a coach, a head coach who he couldn't turn to, to point that out or to keep him in line or, or to get him online. So it's very important that, that whoever this next guy is doesn't need that. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. Well, that's a great response after all that. 
Well, man, thank goodness we got to take a break. Uh, we've got basketball to talk about as well. Indiana heading up to Syracuse tomorrow night to take on the Orange. What other games are coming up tomorrow? Plenty. Uh, in, uh, let's see, what is the schedule for tomorrow? Uh, we'll get the to ACC that on the other Big Ten Challenge as a whole starts today. So you have all those matchups coming up. Oh, so, all right, today is Monday. Let's see. Uh, then you got see. Iowa, you got Illinois. Do... Illinois is taking on Notre Dame at home. I can't think of who Iowa is playing. Louisville is at Maryland. No, they already played. That already happened. That was... that was in the Bahamas Championship. Oh, that had nothing to do with this. Okay, nope. so Louisville knocked off Maryland, by the way, over the weekend, 63-55. South Dakota lost to Nebraska. This was a Sunday, Saturday. Nobody cares about that. So I'm moving on up to Monday. And the only games I see scheduled are Iowa at Virginia. So there's a little um, former Indiana player there. And Notre Dame at number 14, Illinois. Now, that's going to give you an indication of uh, uh, an opponent Indiana has coming up in Notre Dame. And, of course, Illinois later. But uh, So there's that. Plenty more to talk about. Indiana Sports Beat Radio back with Jim Reamer and much more. Brought to you by our good friend, Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Realty, Indy Home Pros. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl's two decades of experience. Reach out to her, Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. Back right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Running a business is filled with pressures, and banking shouldn't be one of them. I'm Dane Chandler, commercial officer with Banterra Bank, and we want to be your financial partner. We know that the cost of starting, growing, or acquiring a new business can stretch beyond what you have saved. That's why we offer a variety of financing solutions, including SBA loans for small businesses. Give me, Dane Chandler, a call at 812-401-4323 to get started. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Hi, I'm Kyle Brinker from Brinker's Jewelers. They want to be surprised this holiday season with a one-of-a-kind proposal and the little green box from Brinker's Jewelers, where every one of our diamonds are hand-selected by an owner of the company. That means every single diamond has to meet a Brinker standard on beauty and value. So if you plan on getting engaged this holiday season, your engagement ring needs to come in that little green box from Brinker's Jewelers. Voted the best jewelry store nine years in a row by Evansville Living Magazine and the Readers, located at the corner of Green River Road and the Lloyd Expressway, or online at brinkersjewelers.com. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door with AndyMooreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Today's guest is brought to you by Reynolds Family Dentistry of Sellersburg. You need a million-dollar smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you'll get with Reynolds Family Dentistry. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. Welcome back. Indiana Sports Beat Radio on this Monday. It is a good-looking day out there. Speaking of good-looking, make sure you, if you're in southern Indiana, Sellersburg area, go by and visit our good friends at Reynolds Family Dentistry. Dr. J, get that championship smile. That's how I always looks so pretty. Jim Reamer, how are you, sir? I thought that's how you were introducing me. <laughs> Speaking of good-looking here, Jim, I thought we were going to have to maybe give you some sort of a test. Uh, yeah, we know, know better than that. Uh, looking over, uh, Rick Bozich, our good friend, Rick Bozich's AP poll that he's already sent in that will come out later, but on his poll, he's got the boilers at number one, um, moving them up after Duke knocked off Gonzaga, uh, a few days ago, which I would have moved Duke to number one personally. Uh, they're the team that. They've got wins over Gonzaga and Kentucky now. So, right, and, and they're the and they're the one that knocked them off. So, why put them at two? I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I would put them at number one. I hope that people will, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Purdue is going to end up being number one for the first time in the 100 plus years of Purdue basketball. They're going to be number one in the AP poll. I'm I'm not a big believer in. I was not a big believer in polling. I'm not a big believer in like this hierarchy structure of polling where just because you lose, doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're worse. My prospects of what they will be throughout the whole season change. Right. You know what I mean? Now I do think Duke, the way Duke beat Gonzaga that yeah, Duke's probably a better team right now. And it would project out to be a better team. I, I don't know if that doesn't mean that Purdue can't slip ahead of them in somebody's mind from a perception standpoint, because that's all we've got right now is perception uh, until and unless Duke and Purdue play each other. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Duke's probably got a couple more bigger wins under their belt than what Purdue does right now. Um, if, and, you know, and voting is, is as biased as each person's criteria. So well, yeah, because you look at UCLA, they're sitting at number six after getting their ass handed to him by Gonzaga who was sitting just two spots in front of him. Yeah, Gonzaga I, ran them out of the gym. And I don't know that that makes UCLA any worse than some of the teams that, that passed them up this week. 
I guess that's where I, I think of it this way too, because I we obviously do some of this stuff at the high school level, and I won't go too far down the tangent unless you want to talk about these, you know, these teams. But you know, Carmel and Homestead both got beat this week. I, I don't think it changes my view on what type of team they'll be in March. So if I were putting out a no, poll, especially I would... we especially we see this in the conference season all the time. Right. Absolutely. It's going to happen. You're not going you're 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 not going through the Purdue's not going through the Big Ten undefeated. It's not no. going to happen. They might win the Big Ten, but they're not going to go on through undefeated. Does that mean that they are not going to be considered the top team in the Big Ten all year, even if they lose at Michigan one night? No, that shouldn't change. But it does. It's stupid. It's perception. Just like the Heisman vote right now. The Heisman vote changed over the weekend, or not vote, but the odds on favorite changed over the weekend because of who won and who lost. Not right, because yeah. of what what guy performed better. It, it now has nothing to do with that. And I think that is the most ridiculous thing. That's not what this award was created for. And within the last 20 years, it has completely changed. And And football polling is the worst. It's, you know, I don't know that, you know, again, I I didn't watch the Ohio State-Michigan game, so I, I I don't know what that puts, you know, where that puts Ohio State in the, you know, in the hierarchy. It definitely means Michigan should be ahead of them for, for sure. Um, but the way some of that stuff handles, just because, like, somebody loses a game doesn't – it just means they had a bad game. It doesn't mean they're a worse team. I don't – you know, some of that well, stuff – Well, they're I playing know, another great team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, Duke – Ohio I mean, State, to Michigan, me, for example. Yeah, well, I didn't – I mean, didn't Michigan kind of put a hurt on them, though? I mean, that would be – but I don't know that that would make me think less of Ohio State relative to other teams. It would make me feel differently about, you know, Michigan relative to Ohio State. Um, if, 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 if Ohio State hadn't lost to Oregon, they'd have a great argument. Right. Uh, and the fact – that they're sitting at number seven right now at 10 and two is a testament to that. But actually there's everyone else that below them has two or more losses. So um, they were probably where they deserve to be, but I don't want to just jump around, but um, you know, here we go with this argument of Cincinnati again, who has found themselves into the top four and it's going to be hard to get them out. Oklahoma state, after beating Oklahoma, climbs up to number six. Notre Dame sitting at 11-1 and with their only loss to Cincinnati, but that's a joke to me. Notre Dame has not really played anybody. Um, This has been a a wonky season in college football. Um, This is the year that Cincinnati could make it because, yeah, obviously they're better than Notre Dame, who's sitting at number five, but I think Oklahoma State – I think Ohio State is better. Uh, than, than Cincinnati. I think that they would beat Cincinnati by three touchdowns. Um, I, I, but I think, I, just, yeah, I, I would think that at least the way it's situated now with, with four people, with four teams playing, you should have to win your conference to be eligible for this thing. That's, that's my opinion. It's considered a rite of passage. I know that's not how they handle it. So clearly the people, the powers that be don't agree with it. Uh, but but that's what, how I would view it. Now that doesn't mean the team like Notre Dame can't slip through, because um, they're obviously at, at football they're an independent. But that's 
I mean, I would think that you just got to take care of business. I don't worry about the loss to Oregon from Ohio State's perspective. That's so early in the year. They're not even the same team they were that early in the season. Um, but it, but to me, I, part of that criteria should be you win your conference. That's I mean, that's the way it used to be for college basketball, too. And I don't know that while it was exclusionary on a field that – how big was the field back then, Jim? Do you, You're a little bit older than me. I don't remember – I don't ever remember the field being smaller than 48. So that's that's kind of where I age in. The basketball field? Yeah. Oh, it was much smaller. I mean, 36 yeah. before that. And then back in the day, hell, it was – maybe – it may have started at eight teams or 16 yeah. at the most, but it was Well, smaller. yeah, I think it was – and it was definitely – of course, that was back when the NIT, too, was the bigger event. So Yes. No, I just meant, like, from my perspective – as a as a sports fan, I don't remember it ever being smaller than 48, but I also know that there were times when you had to win your conference to get in it that predate that predate my awareness level, uh, especially college basketball. So, um, well, then no, you've know. got a you've got a Big Ten that could have a Big Ten champion that absolutely has no shot to go to the college football playoffs. If Iowa was to knock off Michigan right. at the championship game, they have no chance. They're sitting they're they're ranked 16th at 10 and 2. They they backed they they moonwalked backwards into the into the Big 10 championship because uh, Minnesota upset Wisconsin. Iowa is the worst 10 and 2 team looking on the field that I have seen in a while. They have been eking out wins. Winning is the important thing, but they have been eking out wins against lesser teams. And to back into the Big Ten Championship, kind of, I guess, appropriate. But um, that West is really weak. Of course, when they smashed Indiana and they moved up to number three, we all thought they were really good, right? That that was a big boost for them because <laughs> we, Indiana looking everybody thought Indiana was so good and that made right. Iowa look much better than they actually were. Offensively, they were not good at all. It just turns out that's how bad Indiana was this year. So, yep. So we'll, that's we'll the see more that, of that that comes out. It's going to be interesting. Um, Oklahoma I State, I, I, I think, is the only team that could that can that can jump now wait a minute you've got an Alabama team that they're gonna have to play Georgia right right so the loot now all right if Alabama loses they're out because they're 11 and one they've already lost they just they they went to four overtimes this weekend they already have a loss Georgia at 12 and 0 if they were to lose to Alabama they're still getting in and so Alabama would be in if so it's close have, then you'd have two SEC teams if Michigan were to lose to Iowa, they would get kicked. Oklahoma State would need to win to get in. And so then you'd have all kinds of craziness. So there's just a lot of scenarios that can still happen. Well, I, I think that would make it more entertaining, though, too. You, you, put, you put a trigger on it to where you have – so what, there's a power five team. There's power five programs, conferences in, in college football. You have to, you know, for me, you'd have to win your conference to get in. If you don't take care of business, you don't get in. If you can't take care of business during your conference season, then maybe you're not as good as you think you are. I mean, we could, we can use the word upset, right? You, you know, we could talk about that word. 
And what it means, what it means is you just didn't take care of business that, that specific week. Now, if that impacts your ability to play in a championship game, like there's other than the actual rivalry itself, there's no shame in Ohio state. If they were to get nipped by Michigan, obviously they would hate that just from a rivalry standpoint, but there's no shame in that other than the fact that it's two things. One, they're in the same division in the big 10 and two, it happens to be the last regular season game of the year. And, and all these voters or most of these voters are, are, you know, have short, you know, memory span. They, they forget the fact that Ohio state's had a good year. Um, you know, and, and, you know, so now they're going to exclude them because they didn't get in the championship game, but then they're not going to care if a team wins their, their conference or not. I, to me, there should be a hard set on it. I know I'm in the minority in that regard, or at least as far as the powers that be don't believe that way. But, but going back to the discussion of the Purdue stuff, I mean, I don't think people should vote Duke number one just because they beat Gonzaga or just because they think that they should be because they were number two. Um, so I don't have a problem if, if Bozich thinks that Purdue's the best team in the country right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely would think the way Duke played Gonzaga, the way they looked against them, that they would be the number one team in the country, though. So we'll talk about that and lots more when we come back. Indiana Sports Beat Radio coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Back right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. 
We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. The Hoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to the Hoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. This segment is brought to you by Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coy. Presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Welcome back. Indiana Sports Beat Radio on this good-looking Monday. A post-Thanksgiving Monday. Wish it'd stay like this all winter. It's kind of kind of chilly out there. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of chilly, I have not made any yet this year. I'm holding off. Waiting. But it'll be 60 for... on Wednesday, so welcome to Indiana. See, that's why. That's why I have not made chili yet. Um, and I'm going waiting. to Southern Indiana Tuesday night, so I'm hoping I can where dress dress lightly. Um, Scottsburg. So yeah, be down that's... there watching basketball. Be careful. Oh, a, lot gosh, of, a lot of UK fans down there. That's all right. In that Austin-Scottsburg area. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, let's see. What was I going to talk about? Um, over the weekend and college yes. football, any, anything, uh, you didn't get to see any college football. Yeah. I, weekend. I was talking to John off the air that, I mean, I went to three games on Saturday. I was at three different locations on Saturday. And if you count the JV games, I saw six games. So, um, I, I didn't pay a lick of attention to college football, especially as I saw the, the Indiana score kind of unravel. Um, you know, and I even joked, I couldn't get a sentence out talking about any of that stuff without changing directions. I wasn't, you know, about the ranking stuff and how that should play out. And, um, yeah, I didn't see any college football this weekend. Uh, let's see. One, the one thing that I haven't talked about yet is the IHSA state finals football that happened yeah. over the weekend. Uh, Center Grove got a challenge from a worthy competitor, but at the end of the day, 27-21, six-day state champions over Westfield. And that had to be a hell of a game. Taven Jackson uh, at quarterback. Um, what? He says he hoped his team gets remembered as the, the greatest of all time in Indiana. And they've certainly got a, a run at that. That two-season run that they've had has been pretty good. Yeah, there's some, there were some Ben Davis and Warren Central teams that that would top that. So, um Hell, as a Carmel guy, I couldn't even take that away from those two schools. Uh, um, let's see. But, I mean, until Center Grove gets beat, I mean, who knows? You know, they may go out next year and win it again, and then, and then now you're talking. So, uh, Who else won? Uh, let's see. Mount Vernon. They won the 4A. Now, South, Southeast Gibson, were they 5A? 
Gibson Southern is was Southern. I want to say they were three A. Three A. I missed a five A school. Then I wherever Cathedral. That thing went oh, they won the. They did who they, they beat. They beat Hinesville. Jerron Nibs completely went off as a wide receiver. Jerron Tibbs, sorry Tibbs. Tibbs plays basketball. They call me Mister Tibbs. Yeah, and he's a wonderful wide receiver. And it, he he looks a lot like he's six four. He looks a lot like Michael Pittman. Like he's a he's that big. Now Michael Pittman is going to have you know additional years of weight training, but that's the kind of size you're talking about at wide receiver. And you look at how it's becoming an advantage for him, and and how big receivers with who are athletes who are athletic obviously have an advantage in, in the NFL. I mean Tibbs is six four. I don't know that he's a world class athlete. I don't know that about him yet, but he's he's awfully he's a good athlete on the basketball floor for sure. And well, I think Purdue he went for two hundred. I think he went for two hundred plus yards in receiving in the in the state finals game. That's pretty good. Purdue That's getting a lot good. of love today, man. Uh, they have a quarterback in uh, Gibson Southern's Brady Allen that rallied. Remember the Titans, baby, because they were down in their state championship game and behind Brady Allen. Who they beat? Let's see. Uh, oh, Brave Buff Jesuit. Brebuff. So, yeah, that's definitely 3A because, yeah, the Mount Vernon was 4A. And then but that was a, a good game. I just, I just confirm it. But at the end of the day, 398 passing yards for uh, Mr. Allen. Five touchdowns. That's decent. That's performing on a big stage, man. <laughs> that's fairly decent, isn't it? Well, and it's – He's going, he's a Purdue commitment, you know, and all this talk, but Indiana had that momentum two years ago, all the recruiting momentum, the winning and Purdue was toiling and all the talk with Jeff Brom and this and that. And now it's kind of coming back around. Uh, he's got Purdue going. He's got a great quarterback coming in and, and, and Mr. Allen, but Indiana's got a great quarterback coming in and, Josh Hoover. So there should be there could be some great quarterback play here in the next couple of years. Well, but look, there's been a lot of guys. I don't look. I don't see these kids play. I don't. I've never seen Brady Allen throw a ball. I mean, I've seen him on video. Um, I know he was. I think he was part of that elite eleven stuff that they do. Um, he he was. There's been a lot of guys like that that have come through Indiana and just have not done much at the collegiate level. Um, now, a lot of them have gone to bigger places like, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, um, LSU. You know, they've they've spurned Indiana and Purdue for, for, you know, higher profile programs. So maybe that's where it becomes different. You know, these guys end up going someplace where they can get a chance maybe to play when they're younger. Um, I don't even know to that degree how good he is. Um but there's just been a lot of guys like that. And I'm thinking of the ones that have come through, you know, that have come through central Indiana that just either didn't get an opportunity to do much at the collegiate level or were over their head maybe a little bit. Um, and you just never heard from them again when they probably could have gone to Indiana and Purdue and had a chance to, had a chance to progress even if incrementally still had a chance to get to get earlier playing time and, and maybe um, build up the resume that way. However you can get it done, get it done. Um, let's see. 
But look at Taven. I mean, Jackson's going to Tennessee. You know, now each each recruiting situation is different, and he may have clicked. I mean, I'm sure he obviously clicked with their staff versus versus Indiana's. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to go to Indiana because um, it was too close to home, or because Trace was there and he wanted to be his own person. Um, we can inject a lot of our own speculation into that. Well, ironically, um, how ironic is it? I think the Indiana quarterbacks room at the start of this season could not have been more filled right. than it was. Now, completely opposite. Um, there's no way that Penix and Tuttle come back, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I could be wrong. You've just got a lot. of They're going to have six guys. As of right now, they'd have six guys in the quarterback's room. And that's not even including walk-on. Well, that does include one walk-on with Grant Gremmel, but that doesn't include anybody else. That's just, you know, Penix and Tuttle and uh, McCullough and Josh Hoover coming in, Dexter Williams. Don't you think all those guys, all those teams are in the same, same boat, though? There's got to be someplace. What was it? Ohio State. They had they had Burrow and um, who else transferred out? That's really good now. That didn't do it at Ohio State. I mean, Burrow was at Ohio State, went to LSU, and thrived. And that's one great program for another. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of those. I mean, I think most of the schools probably have that at that level. Um, I, I would just think there's more playing time opportunity. I, I don't know. I don't know much. About, I mean, I don't really don't know much about their talent. I just, I just know that I, I don't ever hear from them again. Whenever they, they go to bigger, they go to higher profile programs. Well, that's the that's the case. That's a risk that risk that you run, I guess. Um, and but yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Indiana's quarterbacks room uh, as as filled as it is could be with a new OC coming in, probably going to be a quarterback's coach. Um, it, it's just, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens with that. I mean, the two exceptions would be Cutler and Grossman, right? Exceptions of what? So the quarterback stuff from kids from Indiana high schools go on and make a name in college. Yeah, but they didn't come. They didn't ever come to school here. No, no, I meant those are the two exceptions of the guys that went elsewhere. Uh, yeah. That, uh, you've they had, went to higher profile programs. You had Gunnar Keel, but he never really. His deal never. He faded, nah. man. He it was like he ended. I don't know what it was. If all the school changing and 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 offense, he, all the changes he made, but he it did not. Did not work out for him. I don't think. Well, look, he—that's a deal where he never was successful against. Now, you, some of this you could attribute to maybe offensive line play, but there were there were high, there were a couple high school games because I did see him play where he looked shell shocked at the high school level, and you know I remember watching Jeff George play at Warren Central. Yeah, me too. I was actually at that game. And those guys, he never looked bothered by anything. I mean, he looked like he a college whipped Carmel up and down. He absolutely he looked like did. 
He looked like a college I player. I, I've talked to him since. I've because he. I think he. I think he lives in Carmel. He. He was such a. He was. I mean, he was understandably confident. You can even call him borderline arrogant, maybe in high school, at least on the bat on the football field. Uh, and. You know, I. You, know, you kind of you know when you're that age, you you hate your rivals. You know, even as a even as a fan of a sport you don't really participate in and God, I hated him, but, um, you know, he looked, he just looked impressive. And, we, you know, I always knew that when we, when Carmel played them, that we just were, we were afraid of him basically. Tomorrow night, Indiana travels to Syracuse. Well, actually they travel today, but play tomorrow night uh, in a game against the orange. It's the first uh, true test for Indiana this season, Jim, a uh, road test on top of that. Probably the toughest opponent they'll play, although Marshall gave them uh, just warm out, just trying to run them to death and, and just uh, pesky, very, very pesky. But as far as talent and coaching and uh, environment, this is without question the, the toughest um, challenge that Indiana is going to face, although Syracuse is 3-3 three and three right now. They're going right. to face a, a matchup zone they haven't played against. They're going to play in an environment they haven't played in, uh, a, a, a road crowd, uh, a, a dome. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse has not been good defensively this year, but it but their zone is definitely something that you have to prepare for differently than – because they do such a good job of matching up out of it, and, and they usually combat it. They usually throw out a lot of length. Uh, that you know, but giving up a hundred to Colgate, I'm not. You know, they you know they've also given up what 94 to somebody who they give up 90 or 92. Arizona State beat them 92 84. Um, you know, I. You know, it's it's going to be they're they're obviously maybe they're facing. Let me check the box score of the Colgate game. Let me see how many threes. Colgate was able to well Colgate went 18 for 43 from the three point line. Their their two leading scorers of the game both went six each went six for thirteen. So that's you know, that's the bulk of their regular production, each hitting six threes. And it wasn't like the other guys that hit shots shot poorly. Um so it wasn't I mean the whole anybody that took a three that game, uh see one guy was three for eleven, but there was a one for two and a two for four. Uh, let's see, against Arizona State, 92-point game. Arizona State, 15-39. That's – I mean, that's within the realm of statistical advantage, right? That's that's definitely – that's more than 33% from three. Um, so, it's it's clear you can – it looks like you can get shots. Um, Auburn put 89 on them. See, what did Auburn do from the three-point line? Uh, a moderate 12 for 30. So so not as many. But it, so it's clear you can get shots up against Auburn or against Syracuse this year. The question is, is, is Indiana going to be able to to beat a team that hits those shots to that, to that extent? Well, against Marshall the other night, uh, Marshall's a team that does not shoot the ball at all. And instead of forcing them out to the perimeter, they allowed them to just break into their defense and get to the rim constantly uh, to allow them to keep that game close. Uh, because you had Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson, who was beating them by themselves, basically. Uh, but they kept allowing 
why why was it was it just the athletic ability and the quickness but why was Marshall able to to, to continue to get to the rim uh against the Indiana defense I think well I I think they're just willing to do they're willing to play fast and when you play fast and you start to wear a team out you know and you you get easy opportunities in transition and you never take a break you never give the other team a chance to breathe you can steal some baskets that way and you can you know definitely get to the point where where you're getting you're you're able to get where you want to get. I mean, Marshall. I've watched them practice the last couple of years. The year before we had COVID, I was out there watching them practice. Their entire practices is is the is the personification of what how Knight used to feel about conditioning. He, he didn't feel like you ever had to run in practice because their practices were so fast and so hard that that was the conditioning enough. And Marshall's practices are, are at a breakneck breakneck pace. Once they get through a lot of their pre their pre practice stuff, which is a lot of shooting drills, and and some some one on one defensive stuff, everything is up and down, everything. So they are constantly at that pace, and and there's not a whole lot of breaks in what they do. Their practices also, as a result, are relatively short. It was an hour and forty five minute practice, so they are constantly going at at game pace for them when they practice. Um, and that can be an extra level of preparation. So you not only have to prepare for them functionally and executionally the things that they do, but you also have to consider their pace they like to play at and how do you counteract that. And, you know, it looked like, you know, Indiana obviously counteracted by, by getting to the paint themselves. You know, take turning, turning um, you know, Marshall's pace into theirs. And you know, it's, so it kind of evened out. Now, I I didn't see, I didn't see the second half of the, or the first half of the game, so I just saw it when Indiana was you know looking pretty good, <laughs> you know, and they were they were um, you know controlling at least the, that part of the game. So I didn't see the first half, but um, I saw some frustrations being expressed via Twitter. I thought I thought, shoot, man, Indiana's getting killed. Um. But then I looked up and they they were pretty much right in it and starting to take control. So I just noticed the uh, the two top scoring teams in the country from the Big Ten: Iowa, ninety seven points a game; Purdue, right behind them at ninety two, uh, and then Wisconsin is number ten on the scoring defense. So there's some things to look forward to. <laughs> you know, the three we talked a little about the three point shot. I looked at the. Colgate actually they beat Arizona State 90 to 84 but they still gave up 84 points you you look at the teams the teams that I highlighted or that I featured in my as I was discussing that Colgate made 18 threes Arizona State made 15 threes Auburn made 12 threes if I remember correctly Auburn made 12 threes in Indiana's win against Marshall, a lot of possessions, ton of possessions, only took 15 threes. So the teams that have given Syracuse fits have been the teams that have taken a high volume three, three, three point attempts. And Indiana right now is not that team. That doesn't mean you know you don't just you don't just mail it in just assume that Indiana is not going to give them trouble, you know, but. But those are the teams that have been successful, at least offensively, against Syracuse. Now, Arizona what is, State clearly couldn't guard them. But 
What does Indiana need to do uh, in this Syracuse game? What they, I, I think they need to, to do what they've been doing. You, you've got to run tra- the offense through Trace Jackson Davis, uh, but they also have to get a little more involvement from the perimeter, although Xavier Johnson has done a, a, a good job of kind of mixing off-the-ball stuff. But uh, the outside shooting, they just need a, a little bit more of that, whether that comes from Parker Stewart or with Miller Cop, uh, Tamar Bates, whomever. Just a little bit more of that. Well, I, I hope they ball screen the top of the zone. I hope they put Syracuse in a position where they have to they have to bring two guys to one as much as possible. I, I know the last time Indiana faced Syracuse, there wasn't a whole lot of ball screen action up top. Uh, that was obviously a very, very good Indiana team. I, I'd like to see them attack and, and try to get paint touches that way. I don't think they're going to be able to just post or go – or even necessarily go high low against Syracuse because I think their zone attribute you know their zone works to counteract that it's it's in place in in part to eliminate post touches and also to contest shots with with length but I would like to see them attack the, the top of the zone with some ball screen action and that constantly makes trace and, and race especially those two guys in a position where they're not stationary they're they're definitely moving around and being a lot harder to guard because you, you make somebody have to rotate now to stop the ball. And, and that puts pressure on the rest of the defense. And the more times you make them rotate and move, the more, the bigger the gaps are in a zone again, in any defense, really. Well, we'll look forward to it. That game coming up tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to getting ready for that as it is college basketball time. Jim Bremer cannot thank you enough, brother. Uh, yep, as always. Thank you. Hope. Hope you have a good rest of your day and the rest of your week. And everybody else, I thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Make sure you go to thehoosier.com. They've got a special right now, a Black Friday that goes on through the week, though. That $20 for the entire year, that's a buck sixty-eight a month at thehoosier.com. Complete coverage of uh, Indiana Hoosiers recruiting and all that. Hey, thanks to John, the producer. Most importantly, thanks to you guys. Without you, we've got no reason to be here. Until tomorrow, Kevin Brockway joins me, Chronic Hoosier, and Mike DeCourcy. Until then, I'm Jim Coyle. I will see you on the radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.